0: Hello, guys. Jacob here, and welcome to another episode of Automated Seller Podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Ryan King from Blue Rise. Uh, Ryan, can you introduce yourself to the audience and tell a little bit more about Blue Rise?
1: Absolutely. Jacob, glad to ha- uh, be on here with you. Uh, thanks for having us on. Um, yeah, so um, I'm the co founder and CEO of Blue Rise. What we are is a full managed service agency focused on walmart.com. We've been operating almost three years now. Uh, kind of publicly Um, our background is as amazon private label sellers as early as 2013 so we we gained the experience of learning how to uh, launch and scale brands uh, to the marketplace in the amazon environment and over the years looked at we're watching other marketplaces when we looked at how to diversify and we realized walmart was kind of a blue ocean opportunity but there were limited value-added services around it for brands like ours who were looking to um, diversify so mm-hmm. about three years ago we realized it was a good opportunity as walmart was really making serious strides to build out uh something that would serve brands in that way so what we do now fast forward is we do full managed services everything from listing optimization catalog system mitigation all those things and then on the soft skill side we do a lot of uh, strata strategy consulting with the brands we manage with mm-hmm. um And we service third-party marketplace sellers, so traditional native e-commerce brands, uh, typically doing seven figures or more that are looking to diversify to a Walmart marketplace or are already on Walmart. And then the other half of the clients we work with are actually in-store retail brands with Walmart. And that's one of the unique things. It it would be similar to vendor relationships at Amazon. But what makes Walmart interesting in some ways is there is the strong brick-and-mortar component. Uh, There's truly an omni-channel environment there. And so that's mm-hmm. been one of the fun elements to explore together
0: with brands. Great, great. I mean, you already started uh, digging deeper <laughs> into that, but I, I like it. I like it. So I just wanted to actually follow up on this uh, particular thing. You, you mentioned that you first started as a as a brand, right? Selling on Amazon, and then uh, pretty much the, the the origin of your business was that you expanded. Uh, on other marketplaces such as Walmart, and then, therefore, you started also helping other brands um, to be there. And that's uh, something I wanted to to ask you about. So why should brands uh, think about it? Like, why Walmart would be a good place for them to expand? Because obviously, once you hit a certain threshold, it's good to be on other marketplaces. You shouldn't always rely on one. So why Walmart?
1: Sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of potential reasons. Um and at at the core i think as a brand is it, it and there there could be bad reasons too and and so it's important to understand why and evaluate if you're ready uh but some of the reasons are as you're maturing as a brand in one marketplace and one channel like amazon as you've continued to maximize and in this case i'm speaking about walmart or amazon us let's say uh, as you expand and you, you identify you're ranking from majority of the keywords you want to rank for, you're getting good volume, you have solid supply chain, all those elements, and you're trying to figure out how do I continue to add incremental sales, revenue, and ultimately profitability uh, to our brand? What are the options? What are the levers I can pull? And so some of those might be expanding to other Amazon marketplaces internationally because you understand the the Amazon ecosystem, and there's some differences, but uh, relatively lower Hurdles, maybe thresholds, if you're going internationally to other markets with Amazon, it might be focusing on your D 2 C site and developing the D 2 C representation through Shopify, something else, yeah. or it might be through Walmart and Walmart um, has a greater degree of familiarity in one case, because it is a marketplace ecosystem. And so for most brands, they understand the basic strategies and tactics that it takes to perform well in a marketplace environment but it's a different environment to some degree. So there's some additional learning to do. So if a brand is looking to diversify and in grow incremental sales, that's one. Secondly, why Walmart specifically is there's a lot of buzz around people have been saying it and I've heard it less over the last year, but certainly the last couple of years, few years, the phrase, it's the Amazon of 2000, insert your early year there, you know, 2009, 2012, 2013. Yeah. The idea was kind of this gold rush mentality of um, this is a new marketplace. It's growing. I wish I could go rewind the clock on Amazon and start earlier uh, before mm-hmm. everybody else hopped on. And so there's a bit of that, and there's there's legitimacy to that. There's the opportunity for re- building review modes around products and learning, uh, focusing on the marketplace when other brands aren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about review opportunities, those kind of things, what the competitive advantages are potentially for a first mover still that environment still exists but it's different than than amazon of 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, they have opened up more to international sellers earlier uh now than amazon did in that timeline those things so that's that's another reason uh and then you know it's i think it's still legitimately reason this this gold rush also has cooled down a bit but when people were talking about acquisitions exiting their their brands um they realized they could get a higher multiple if they had up to 10% of the revenue coming from a different channel than just Amazon. Oh, yeah. Because we all know, um, and this plays into another reason, really is ultimately also, uh, and this drives why you might want to diversify and drives higher m- multiples, all those things is one of the underlying reasons is de-risking the business. As you realize you have, you, you may be looking for just incremental sales, or you may be looking for a fail safe. If for some reason we've, you know, sellers have all encountered this, your listing gets pulled down for some reason or something happens, some black hack- tactic takes you down for a while on Amazon. It's good to have multiple streams. And so if you can build out those redundancies, even if you appear, if you uh, approach it from that perspective, all those are reasons to consider it. Now, what I'd say is the reason not to is just chase the shiny object. If, you, if you've not built out your brand in one significant place and seeing subtraction, uh, then it's not. I wouldn't ch- chase two marketplaces at, at the outset. 100%. Uh, we can go further into that in a minute, but yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. no, no. Those those are really good good reasons. Spe- specifically, I would say the the deserve. Oh, it's a hard word. Uh, the, to deserve, it, man. I can to just be on a multiple places uh, instead of like rely on one platform, right? I think it's very important. Uh, also, we realize that even for us, like as we. De- develop software uh we are coming actually from multiple marketplaces um not only amazon like right now amazon is our biggest let's say uh, source of leads like we do a lot of automation around amazon however we would love to explore more into a uh, marketplace like walmart because in the end um there's a huge huge um room for improvement and automate things, which we'll talk in a moment. So that that's really cool. And here I have a follow-up questions, actually regarding mm-hmm. marketplaces. So for Walmart, is it only in US, like you have one marketplace or is it also in other countries?
1: They do have other marketplaces. Right mm-hmm. now, Walmart US is the primary to focus on. What we would say is in general, what we've seen right now is for majority of especially native e-commerce brands, if they're well developed on, say, I, I just use Amazon US as the benchmark because most are familiar with that and that's where a majority of volume is. If you're well developed on on Amazon US, it you can expect or a, a good successful benchmark is, and it's broad and it's this. There's obviously a lot of variables that affect this. It could be higher or lower. Or it could be right in the middle of this range. But we would say. Four to twelve percent of your Amazon revenue would be a good target to aim for right now on Walmart US. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when we're talking already, it's a, just a, a you know, ten percent is great. Five percent would be great for a lot of portfolios. Definitely. But um, if it's in that range, now you take that range and Walmart Canada is the second largest marketplace for Walmart right now mm-hmm. for, for com. Um, Walmart Canada would be about probably ten percent of Walmart US. So at that point, you're talking, you know one percent of what you're doing on amazon us right now so you have to answer the question yourself is it worth it for me to go to secondary marketplaces or is it does it make sense for me to focus on walmart us we would say yeah, yeah. the the latter in that case
0: got it and now i wonder also like how early are we still like in a in a walmart game because you mentioned that okay you may have a brand Uh, You also put it on a a Walmart and then uh, those are higher chances that you sell your brand later to like aggregator. And I wonder, uh, is there in like Walmart space, um, just aggregators that are searching for Walmart brands or it's more like, okay, those aggregators for Amazon brands, but if you have also like your brand across different marketplaces, it's just a benefit. I I just wonder if it's how strong uh, Walmart um, is at the moment. Regarding this. So,
1: yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have not come across aggregators who are specifically looking for Walmart brands, I think. But what I would say is I see aggregators that I've talked with, and we, we, we have discussions with several large ones. Um, many of them are looking at how do they maximize the value of the companies, of the brands they are uh, acquiring. And one of the avenues they're actively exploring often is actually going into brick-and-mortar retail distribution, because they realize this is a whole nother revenue stream and a potential high upside if they can crack through to that business model. And yeah. the appealing thing about getting a brand into Walmart.com and proving out volumes is you can have an introduction to Walmart retail buyers. To complete that loop, so that's one reason I think aggregators are interested. Now, Walmart's not the only brick and mortar. They look; it all depends on the product. If your product is a fit and your brand is a fit, that's one thing that is appealing, possibly to those who might want to buy your product, uh, buy your brand.
0: Got it. Got it. Yeah. I think we have a similar situation in Europe, but with a company called, called Kaufland. They they started as having just those huge shops where you could buy various of products, and now they actually introduce uh, marketplaces. And I literally have had no idea about that. And now people are really using this opportunity to be there early. I think it's like very similar trend right now, Walmart and Kaufland, if we would speak about also what's going on in Europe. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, uh, but- I'm not as familiar on
1: the on the European side at this point. So I'll, I'll, I would be speaking largely out of ignorance there. I could speak sure. to the broad movement, which is simply there, there has been, I've even heard in the retail space, Uh, The conversation is no longer e-commerce and brick and mortar. I'm hearing just the word now. People are people are thought leaders are wrestling with the terms of just do we just call it commerce or Mm -hmm. instead of calling it multi-channel or omni-channel? Do we just call it uh, what's what's the terminology for this one ecosystem now that has strong influence on one another? And so uh, I think brands are wrestling with that retailers are realizing they have to focus on both because they're seeing that's where the future's headed now a lot of retailers mm-hmm. are just going to have to experiment some will make it some won't uh but but yes that's going to be the, it's inevitable in some ways uh, that it's going mm-hmm. that direction and and how they do it sure. is the big question surely
0: okay that's make yeah Fair. And now I wanted to talk about um, products that are listed, especially also regarding sellers, brands. So if we talk about like Walmart um, customers, like shoppers, what what they are buying, is it like one-to-one what we can see on Amazon or is it different?
1: Different um, and is changing over time. So Mm -hmm. what I've historically said is um, you can think of an Amazon shopper as largely someone, you know, we've all done this. You just, you're sitting, doing something and you realize, man, I wonder if something like that solves this pain point exists. Uh, This would really help. I just, it occurred to me, I pull up my phone. You know, you think I'm going to get that on Amazon. If I search on Amazon, I'll probably find it and I can get it in two days. Um, And you're not necessarily as concerned about price. You're used to paying a premium on Amazon or whatever it may be, but, and you know how to navigate, you know, it's getting harder because you don't know is this going to be quality or not is the big question mark on a lot of these marketplaces. But that's how the Amazon shopper thinks. Um, whatever popped in my head, I wonder if there's a an option for this and a fairly innovative option for this really is the background, how my mind thinks, and can I get it in two days. On Walmart, the shopper is more likely to be thinking, last time I went to Walmart, uh, I remember kind of seeing something like this. Instead of going to the store, I may just order online. And so um, while the catalog has grown significantly in the past two years, Walmart's pushing heavily to try and grow that breadth and the density of product offerings for e-commerce. It's one of their major value drivers for the next three years. Uh, They just talked about recently in an investor meeting. Uh, They know they need that assortment. It's grown up to 400 million products now online offered by Walmart. So it's it's grown significantly. The shopper behavior hasn't quite caught up to thinking like they would think on Amazon. So what you're going to see is the difference would be one, one very concrete example would be, you know, you might think I or a brand might be thinking or found a success with saying, I know I can niche down very, very niche and I can get a premium price point for bamboo recyclable pour over coffee filter. Mm -hmm. They go really long tail with keywords, and they get very specific, and they can charge a premium because the market is there. On Walmart, you're more likely going to have to compete for coffee filter uh, because the search search volume, the longer tail the search terms go, the search volume drops significantly. And so uh, that's the behavior we see. There's heavier branded search on Walmart because they're searching for – they're looking for beauty supplies. They're not just saying, I want beauty. They're looking for, I want my Revlon hair curler whatever it might be. So there's heavily brand-dominated searches still. It's more more price-sensitive on Walmart still than Amazon. The one thing I would say is, during the recession, what Walmart has seen in growth is the effect of recession has Walmart's catch, capturing more market share of shoppers with net worth of, in the US, 100,000 US or more, which is a significant signal of the the net worth of the shopper. So they're growing in their convenience-based shoppers. Uh, and higher price tolerance shoppers. And so that's accelerated. So we're going to see probably more price elasticity over time, that higher price points, more premium products. And Walmart's pushing in on more premium type products on the marketplace and really trying to test how to, to get conversion there. But overall, I'd say if your product is very niche and a premium price point, it might be harder right now to sell it on Walmart um Mm -hmm. that's one advice we give but the other one would be if it makes sense for you test and see get as much as your catalog onto walmart as you can because the heroes on walmart may be very well different than the heroes on amazon and if i'll give one more example sorry i kind of you can cut me off i'm going too long-winded no no no, one more example would be uh uh If you have a product, if you've been selling on Amazon for a while and you have a product that's become a little bit more commoditized maybe on the Amazon side, and it's hard to differentiate because it's more ubiquitous, more common as a product, um, and price point, you, you have a decent price point but it's not premium, you might find a second life cycle for that product on Walmart right now because you can redo what you did on Amazon in the day of outperforming with optimization and ads on Walmart and gain a second life cycle for those products there in that marketplace. So that's that's one thing to consider.
0: Mhm mm-hmm. that's that's really great. That's actually what I was thinking if I would be a seller um and I, and I had success on Amazon, I would definitely retry it on other marketplaces and like Walmart since it's growing, it's definitely a right place. Um I I think it's kind of like with the reels, you have a reels on TikTok, YouTube and then What else? Instagram, right? You can upload Mm -hmm. it and it will always work differently on different, like, um, platform. So it's kind of similar. So (laughs) I like it. Absolutely. And now uh, regarding the the, um, seller, let's say you're a brand, you're quite successful right now on Amazon. Like, when is the right timing for you to consider um, moving to Walmart? I know that you started talking about it in the beginning, but if you could just double down on this answer now.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'd say, you know, for most brands, you you need to at least have six months to a year of history as a seller. So Walmart's not a place right now to launch out as a business. Walmart, to even gain acceptance onto the platform, you have to have sales history.
0: um, Sorry, I'll introduce here because I also had this question before I just forgot about it. So you said that it's better to, I mean, yeah, you need to have the sales history. So it means that there's no really a seller who started on Walmart and went from Walmart to other marketplace. It's always that you would more expand to Walmart.
1: Right. So, um, you know, Walmart wants to encourage sellers to come to the platform, but they also need to control, make sure there's not bad actors coming to the platform. Um, There's longer history there. But uh, to do that, what they're looking for is previous demonstrated sales history. And so, uh, they're, they've lowered the requirements, made it easier to get onto Walmart these days, but, and they've opened up more for international sellers, but excuse me, but the, um, but the reality is you still need to have some proven sales history. I would say at least six months, ideally a year, be doing at least six figures. We would say it probably doesn't make sense to start looking there unless you're doing seven figures or more from a brand standpoint, because that's maybe a signal you haven't fully optimized the current channel you're on. Um, but high six, mid to high six figures annually in revenue, uh, seven figures is, is a good uh, good element. If you have more than one SKU, obviously. So, uh, Walmart's looking for sales history because they want they want a demonstration of good customer service. Are you a legitimate seller that provides good products with good customer service? Now, they're also looking to add to the assortment. And ideally unique type product so if, if it's not just a, in the amazon space you say you know the, the term out there is the me too products if you're just selling another fidget spinner then they're probably going to look at your catalog of fidget spinners and say it's not adding anything to the the marketplace mm-hmm. we may not bring you on so a breadth of catalog you know even if it's three to ten skus would be good you can try with one or two um and then, uh, yeah, if you have either a U.S.-based entity and a U.S.-based EIN, or one thing you can do when you go to the apply link, and we can add this link afterwards after um, so you can have it in the notes of the, the podcast here, would be uh, when you apply, you can see the country. There's a country drop down when you put in your business phone number. Any of the countries listed there, they have an option for you to apply as a marketplace seller as well uh so publicly they've talked about UK, and Canada and others that can apply directly without having the us best EIN. but there's another list of countries there that they'll walk you through the application process of how to do so. Um, let's see anything else. I think uh one thing and this is on the tail end of COVID and all the complications there but just thinking ahead, do you have supply chain intact? If if your primary tent pole business is Amazon or D2C if you've been struggling to keep in stock consistently there, it wouldn't make sense to go to another marketplace because if you start succeeding, you're just not going to have the inventory to allocate. So that would be one thing I would look at internally as a brand thing. Are we ready? Do we have the ability to drip fit, feed in? Mm-hmm. Especially since with Walmart fulfillment, and this would be the last thing, and I'll, I'll let you kind of redirect if you'd like. The uh, On the fulfillment side, Walmart has the equivalent of FBA. They have what they call WFS. Very similar. Uh, in many ways to FBA. One difference would be you cannot do a direct import internationally to the WFS warehouse. So you would have to have a U.S. point of origin for inbound shipments to WFS. So that's something else to consider. If you have the ability to cross dock when you're importing, or if you have a 3PL already in the States, if you're coming from another country to sell, um, that would be something you would need to consider as well.
0: Got it. Got it. No, that that was actually I wanted to do this follow up question on that regarding like how, how exactly this works. Like, is there like fulfillment by Walmart? But you just uh, kind of answered that, so that that's really great. And you also started answering kind of my next question, which would be um, actually like the steps, like what the seller should do right now to start selling on Amazon. Oh, sorry, on uh, Walmart. And also, mm-hmm. um, how could your company Blue Blue Rice uh, help with that?
1: Sure. Yeah. So let me. Uh, I'll pull up the link and I can draw. I don't know I, if you prefer for me to give it in chat here. I don't know if chat will show up in the recording or if you just want me to give it to you afterwards.
0: I will, but there's I will a link introduce to, this in the description. Perfect. The YouTube.
1: Well, I'll give it to you afterwards then. Uh, there's a link to apply as a marketplace seller to be the first step, um, that, and walk through the the various steps there. They've they've streamlined the process to where it's it's relatively easy to do. Um, they will grant you initial access and then they'll have business verification. Uh, so they just say it's, it's registration as seller registration. Now they've even changed the terminology to try and convey, they're trying to make it easier. So register as a seller, they have some back end business verification process steps they have for you. The caution I would give you there is just make sure on any of the documents you submit, double check to make sure the, in, the information you're entering about your business entity through the application as well as the documentation matches, that means addresses, all those things, or spelling errors. The, the critical point of failure right now in that process is if there is a mismatch in any way there, um, the registration kind of vetting bots will are just quick to automatically reject. And you'll get an automatic, we've reviewed, you're not a fit, and there's no course for appeal at the, at this time. So you'll get those kind of notifications um that doesn't likely mean that you've actually been rebe- rejected on merit that means you've likely just had an issue in your application that the bot rejected so avoid avoid that but apply you'll go through the steps and at the same time of registration you're you're registering now they made it easier where you're automatically registered for registered for Walmart fulfillment services Walmart connect and the seller account all at once so there's not three separate processes anymore um so that's uh that's how you'd get started and then you need to optimize your product listings differently than you have them on Amazon or other channels according to what Walmart's asking for mm-hmm. and then you can either send inbound inventory in or start selling as a seller fulfilled by connecting in uh your fulfillment processes you already have all those elements as far as what blue rise does uh we recognize in short what we say is we do the heavy lifting with a white glove touch meaning we understand most brands, just like we did back in the day, would love to investigate going to another diversifying to another marketplace, but we lacked the deep knowledge at the time to understand how this marketplace operates differently, where the key ways to get the competitive advantage and maximize opportunity. So what we do is we do all the heavy lifting. We do all the optimization, all those basic foundational button pushing, dial turning, dealing with customer support, all that. Uh, But then beyond that as well, what we offer is we do ad management. Rich media, which is the equivalent of like the A-plus content, as well as uh, feature layouts, videos, all that. We host all that. Walmart requires for most of those elements to be hosted by what they call connected content partner and syndicated onto the listings. We'll do all that as well. And then we'll consult on strategy. So we try and and make it as painless as possible for people to migrate while they focus on the 80-20 of their business in other ways.
0: Perfect. So you pretty much yeah, help from, from the beginning to actually setting up everything, optimizing uh, all of the products to be put properly in, on Walmart. And there, then afterwards, you help with growing the brand on Walmart as well. Yeah. yeah, you
1: could say, you know, taking from the tech side of things, you could say basically we operate like a project management team with you and a brand consultant at the same time. So we run yes. our two-week sprints trying to test how do we grow market share, all the things, consulting with you the whole time as we go forward. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I got it. Got it. And now let's talk about actually a software part. This is because this might be also useful for people who consider just trying the Walmart by them own. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe before they decide to like uh, reach out to and you know, help like your, your company. Um, I wonder for like um, listing optimization, um, like also putting the listing there, do you use any products? Because I know that that's definitely a huge problem for, um, Brands. I mean, once you have, for example, I don't know, thousands of ASINs on Amazon and you would have to do all of that manually, this can take a lot of time. And I wonder how do you approach this? Um, Do you use some software? Is is it like already software for Walmart or are we still in very early stage?
1: There are softwares available. So things like uh, a lot of sellers might be familiar with Helium 10. Um, Helium 10 for product research. Uh, they do have their Cerebro and magnet are the two, two of the tools that they have in their element, as well as their X-ray extension, all three of those tools, they have a Walmart version for. And so depending on your subscription plan, you can do your keyword research. If you're trying to identify search volumes, they would claim a 90, I think it was 96, 97% accuracy on search volume there. Uh, so that's, that's a decent, uh, tool there to be using on the, on the front end, as far as, uh. Listing optimization, there are several what they call connected content partners, as I mentioned before. One we work with pretty closely is called SKU Ninja. Um, that, they have a price per SKU model, but they'll do the content management system. that syndicates out for listing quality as well as um, different tiers where you can get the rich media, some of those other elements as well. Um, you can do that yourself and certainly work with a, a software like that. There's other ones, you know, there's in bulk, there's ones like, um, I think is now called OptiWise where you can do it in bulk and they'll do kind of more of an AI based listing, setup, those elements in mass. Um, obviously that's not necessarily, uh, when you go a mile wide, you're maybe still going to get an inch deep. And so the, the tools that just push content aren't necessarily going to get you the best conversion, all those things. But if that's what you're looking to start with those several tools there, um, Mm -hmm. ad management. We use. Yep. Um, we've worked with uh, various tools. So PackView uh, is a tool out there. This one, the industry leaders. We work with Perpetua pretty closely. Um, Take a metrics is another one. Or uh, Quartile. All the larger ones that you've heard of are probably doing uh, ad management uh, and have tools for that. Uh, Quartile is one that's just purely they would say purely AI based. Um, um, but you can set rules those things. But Bunch of tools there. One thing we've done, and I'll give you the link, and you can use the link later um, as well. Is we set up just a real brief. If you're looking to use, everybody has to say GVT at least once yeah. in a the podcast these days. So, if you're if you're wanting to uh, test that and see how could that help you translate listings, uh, I'll give a link here to a Google Sheet we put up put together. That's part of a Google Sheet that we use. Uh, with brands that we use internally, but you can experiment with yourself. And basically you can input your current listing into this sheet, and then um, using a ChatGPT plugin called SheetGPT, the first 50,000 tokens are free to use through it, so you can experiment with it, um, and have it rewrite your listing uh description field is how we have it set up currently based on keywords and those elements mm-hmm. and just test there's some ways you could see pretty quickly how you could if you have any tech background at all or just been experimenting with google sheets in those ways or anything else you could pretty quickly see how you could maybe scale from that just using a, a low tech relatively low tech sheet google sheet kind of interface so um, yeah. that's one um, let's see i i think that's most of the tools uh, we utilize at the moment. There's there's more and more, but, but no, spec- uh, it's still an early stage, yeah.
0: Yeah, specifically I was interested for like ChatGPT as right now people just to try to use it for everything. But actually for, right. for like listing translation, I thought like this is like the perfect example how, how you can use that. And if you can just connect it to Google Sheet as you, as you just mentioned, uh, this could just work perfectly because that's what people are really searching for. Um, mm-hmm. So that's for sure. And now regarding the, um, the ad, ad software that you just mentioned, right? you, you mentioned Ateka Metrics, Perpetua, and I think one more. I was just wondering, does it work? This, it's pretty much the same software that is for Amazon, right? It's, it's no different. It just works for, for Walmart as well, right?
1: Yes, mostly, mostly similar. Now, the ads platforms on each site are different. Uh, there's fewer <laughs> selections on Walmart right now. Uh, they've got, you basically got sponsored product and you can run automatic and manual campaigns. It is now a second bid auction, just like Amazon is. So the auction operation works the same way when you're bidding. Um, one major difference would be the, the importance of relevancy of your listing for the keywords you're trying to advertise on. Uh, Walmart emphasizes that more highly than Amazon. And so you can't just spend your way to the top on, on Walmart. If you're in position 40, let's say organically and you're trying to bid for position one on sponsored product in the search results, if, if position 15 is bidding at the same price point or cheaper, uh, they may still be awarded that position based on the organic relevancy signal from the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So um, you just have to realize there's there different ways it will operate. But from a tool standpoint, the tools are fairly similar. Uh, you've got sponsored brand, uh, which would be the, the banner ad across the top. And they've just rolled out a closed beta right now. It's a beta program, but video ads are just rolling out. Oh, and
0: there'll goodness. be a lot
1: more of that. Um, Walmart Connect is the ads component for Walmart. And uh, Walmart Connect team, that is one of the major drivers for revenue projections for Walmart as a whole. Mm-hmm. They understand That's- the more sellers they can get using advertising, the better. So. Yeah. Uh, they are incentivized financially to make sure sellers have a lot of tools to spend money to get their products sold.
0: <laughs> that That's great. But since, since we actually t- touch point like the team, uh, I, I actually wonder um, because I'm, I'm sure you, you had to contact uh, Walmart team quite often, right, regarding all of the issues or like running your clients' accounts. And I wonder uh, what's the comparison there because from our experience, a perspective uh, even from like software size i'm not talking about managing amazon accounts but from software just uh, the support is i would say terrible like in order to get something done ask them for any feedback it takes ages sometimes to to get um, yeah something done get get any help from from, from amazon team I'm, I'm i'm sure that it's similar with um like when you run just your account um and, and overall if you have any issue then it's hard to get any, any help there, and I don't know what's your experience there, but I wonder what's uh Walmart's team um,
1: it's uh It's a headache it's uh, <laughs> it, uh, it's inconsistent I, I think they're they're trying, but obviously any this is one of those pain points for any marketplace at scale is how do they, mm-hmm. how do they offer timely support with accuracy? So, you know, information exchange, you can give some, you can reply quickly to somebody, but if you're going to reply accurately, how do you do that and still accomplish it at speed? So we see, we see the same result. We get, uh, we get fast response to tickets, but it's Mm -hmm. highly inaccurate. And we've done tests where, you know, we've had one product that is not yet variations, but it's just four different listings of same product, four different colors. They all we had the same request for each of those listings. We just decided let's test. So we just sent four tickets for four different listings with the same exact question. We got four different answers, none of which were (laughs) correct. And so um, now, granted, that was six months ago, which is like light years for e-commerce. So they're they're continuing to work more and more to optimize. We've seen improvements, but it can be difficult. And so the solution still is uh, brute force, just Got it. following up asking again and again um, whoever cracks that one one of the one of the tools we're looking to build actually is uh, taking all our learnings from support and style guides and everything else Walmart knowledge those kind of elements and building our own um, our own internal customer support so to speak that'll give us answers faster or templatize the requests. Oh, that's really nice. uh, more
0: streamlined I've seen, yeah i have seen i've seen similar similar actually use cases right now like pr- not, not so use cases but ideas uh, especially right now when you can just connect to chat gpt and use its a- api and kind of train it with a data set which in in this case would be in this case would be like all of the information from from walmart right or if you as a seller you could train it with all of the information about your products and then therefore yeah you just kind of substitute the customer support so yeah, right. there's pl- plenty of ideas right now that I see in the AI field, but that's for definitely another podcast. But right. yeah, Ryan, um, I think we covered everything. Um, thanks a lot for being here. Um, do you have anything else, like just some last thought or or, or or a word for the audience?
1: You know, yeah, I think it's, you know, the it's a valid consideration to be looking at other marketplaces over time. Um, Walmart's most recent, Investor report suggested they expect a continued growth of four percent year over year for the next couple of years, while Amazon is projected maybe to grow faster than that. Walmart is not uh, losing ground per se as as the marketplaces are ranked in the U.S. The trends for e-commerce are only growing. Um, there's not going to be a, a shrinking on, on on e-commerce. So anybody that's currently selling in e-commerce, whether it's Amazon or anywhere else. Or looking to sell, it will continue to be a market that will continue to grow. So it's a good opportunity to explore. The last thing I'd say is it's got to be treated like a business. This is um, it's not a side it's not side hustle territory anymore. It's not something that's just a set it and forget it. Uh, but if for those who are looking to uh, approach it like business, apply thought to it as a business, and dedicate resource to it in that way, uh, it can be a great mechanism. It's highly capital efficient. Uh, in many ways for a physical product business um, and so it's, it's a great opportunity so if anybody has questions they can feel free to reach out um, and uh, we're happy to talk to them if they need any help happy to do that but Jacob thank you for having me on uh, look forward to continued discussions and, and those other discussions about AI and all those things oh, yeah. uh, I like to geek out on that so look forward to that
0: perfect thank you Ryan and yeah guys you can find all of the information about Ryan and Blue Rice in the description also the links that ryan mentioned uh, in the podcast uh, yeah before so yeah thanks a lot for watching and i see you in the next one